Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. February 13th, 2019, and Chet, remember, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. I won't I won't remind you again. Don't forget uh-huh. it now. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, the Sixers with a huge win against the Lakers on Sunday and followed up with a disappointing outing against the Celtics. The Flyers' win streak gets broken by the Penguins, but they bounce back in Minnesota with a nice come-from-behind win. Everything's quiet on the Eagles' front. Yes, pitchers and catchers have reported to Clearwater. Aaron Noah is in the fold, but no signs of Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Yeah, exciting time of year, Bill, with Carter Hart getting the Flyers fans interested in that team once again. The Sixers making that huge trade a week ago, confirming that they are going all in this season. Just 24 games left after tonight. And even as we continue to wait on Harper or Machado news, I love it that it's spring training time and we're talking a little more Phillies baseball. Well, absolutely. And uh, as we said, Aaron Nola signed today, four-year deal. Uh, so we'll have him around for a little while. And uh, But that, that Harper-Machado, <laughs> it's certainly going to go down to the, to the last minute. It looks like whether they come here or go somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm tired of talking about it. It's getting ridiculous. I mean, spring training is here. I know Arietta didn't sign till early March last year, but I don't want to wait that long. Um, you know what? You mentioned the Sixers. It was a very impressive win Friday night and the win over Denver, and then again on Sunday when they put 143 points on the Lakers. Tuesday night against the Celtics, it was a real letdown, an uphill battle all night, and they just could never really get it together. Disappointing loss. And yeah, you mentioned Valentine's Day, Bill, and that is tomorrow. And you and I later in the show are going to sing a duet of '70s love songs. Baby, I love your way. It's going to be awesome. I promise you, I am not singing anything. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> I'm going to have to sing all by myself. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! <laughs> well, well, hey, I did hey, yeah, I did. Well, hey, Chip, we have a couple great guests tonight with Steve Potter. He's our boots on the ground here in Clearwater, and. Uh, He'll be talking Phillies, big leagues, and minor leagues, and everything else. We have the great D-Linem. She'll be talking Sixers. You got to visit with her today. Um, you know, the Sixers look really scary Sunday, as we said. Not so much last night. I'm really interested to see how that conversation went with D because, uh, quite frankly, she's, all, she's always dead on and, uh, and honest. 
Yeah, and boy, that was a disappointing loss last night. I'm sure you were like me. You were flipping between the Sixers and the Flyers games. Flyers came back and got the win. The Sixers could not. They just could never get over the hump. They would get back, get it tied once in a while, take a one-point lead, and then just fizzled out down the stretch. And it was, for a lot of people, it was like deja vu to last spring when the Sixers and Celtics met in the playoffs. And a lot of people are, as usual, criticizing Brett Brown after a tough loss, talking about his rotation, talking about his overuse of guys like, you know, Cork Maz and those dudes. Um, and I think it's justified in this case. So, yeah, D did address that a little bit. And uh, there's still 24, 25 games to go, so let's not give up on this team. They're three games into the new Sixers, you know, with the new guys. So it's going to take a little while to get everybody on board with one another. And a uh, long way to go, and I think they'll be okay for the playoffs. Well, the funny thing, Chet, is if, you, if we would have had this show on Monday, the Sixers were going to take on the 66-67 Sixers. They look so good against the Lakers. And today we're th- well, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because we had a, a not quite as good a game in Boston with Boston. Yeah, as our buddy Jr. I think it was posted uh, a little picture. They're like killers against the Western Conference, but they're not doing so great against the Eastern Conference powers this year. And to get to the finals, you're going to have to go through the powers in the East. So, like we said, there's still a long way to go—24, 25 games—and they can get it straightened out, but it's not going to be easy. You bet. Well, hey, Chet, let's get started. Uh, as we said, we're going to have Steve Potter with us, the boots on the ground in Clearwater. And Steve is with us, so let's welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. And, Steve, before we get started, we want to wish a very happy birthday to your wife, Barb. Well, thank you. Thanks. She's listening, so she heard that. Uh, thanks. That's, a, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Steve, this is Chet. Thanks a bunch for coming on with us once again this year. Congrats on your third Phillies minor league digest, which is a must-have for diehard Phillies fans. Uh, first things first, the respected reporter Jim Salisbury wrote the foreword for the book. How'd that come about? Uh, I've, uh, we, we, Jim, Jim lives in uh, southern Chester County in a community I grew up in. We became acquainted a few years back. Uh, his sons play it, or his children play in the, in the local leagues there. Um, we started corresponding and became friends and, uh, you know, he was kind enough to, to, to write the forward this year. And, uh, so we, we've known each other for quite a bit, but he, he's, he's the true, uh, true source for Phillies baseball, man. I, you, you, you want, you want to know what's the real deal. You go to Jim. Yeah. And if anybody wants to know what's going on with the minor leaguers, they go to you apparently. So uh, that was a nice forward that he did for you. <laughs> All right, Steve, it is year two of the Gabe Kapler era, and the team has made several high-profile additions, Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, JT Real Muto, hopefully another big name yet to come. We'll see. I know a lot of guys are down there already, even though it's technically just pitchers and catchers time. Is there any sort of a different vibe in Clearwater this year? I think it's a, there's a – I mean, I always get excited, so it's hard for me to gauge, but I, I think there's a quiet confidence this year. Um, Guys came in early. There, there's been uh, folks working out here since probably, I'm going to say, late late first week of January. Uh, the Venezuelan contingent was brought over early because of the political strife going over there. So uh, there's about 25, 30 kids from Venezuela here. Um, but, yeah, there, I, all told, there's probably over 100 guys here with counting coaches and whatnot. And, and there's a there's a confidence here that, you feel this year that, that they're on the verge of something and, 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 you know, making a playoff push. 
Well, Steve, I'll tell you what, I'm as excited as the next guy, but I was a little bummed out today when I read that Jake Arrieta is having had some cartilage repair and he is not feeling ready. Jared Eikhoff has some problems uh, after off-season surgery. They're saying they're going to be ready for opening day. Opening day is just around the corner. Uh, not having these guys worries me a little bit. Pitching worries me a little bit. Well, um Maybe calm the concerns a little bit. I've seen Arietta through two bullpens already. He threw one yesterday on the half field in front of Spectrum Field. Um, as he came out this, uh, today, a fan yelled at him, and he was jogging across the field. I know they were talking about you know uh, limiting his cutting and things of that to, uh, nature. So to me, that's just limiting him from practicing in uh, the PFPs or the pitching fielding practices. But he's throwing. He's on schedule. I, I don't think it's a problem. Good. Um, as, far as, as far as Jared, that's a shame. He's a, he's a great kid. I, you know, I've seen him down here last summer and, and chatted with him. Um, it's just mind-boggling trying to figure out what the problem is. He, he, he gets tingling in the fingers and, and loses feeling. So, uh, you know, hopefully that, that comes to pass without a surgery, but that seems to be an option. Yeah. Hey, Steve, the Phil's lost their top prospect, right-hander Sixto Sanchez in the JT Real Muto deal. I know he had the elbow injury last year, but do you see, do you still think that Sixto is going to be a big-time major league pitcher? Yes, I, I think six. I think Miami did well there. Um, Sixto uh, has all the has all the tools. I mean, I mean he, he's you can't teach a hundred. This young man can has the velocity there with movement. It's not it's not just straight. Uh, he, he got a little bit of ahead of himself. Uh, as far as uh, his mental approach and 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 uh, you know uh, feeling his oats a bit and and that that sort of held him back. Um, but he has he has the tools and this might jolt him to you know to, to re-engineer and, and and get back in the right mindset. But uh, you know you got to give the get and and we got we got an all-star catcher. But you know, six toes for real. He, he's going to be an major leaguer. Mm. Well, Steve, in, in the list of minor league prospects, of course, you, you, that's your ball game. That's where you're the best. Uh, do you see any of these guys, Baum, Garcia, Medina, Hazley, any of these guys getting a shot uh, any time this year or in the first half of the year? Being any help, I guess, would be the question. Well, I think, I think Adam Hazley's ready. I, I think Adam's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pure hitter. He, he's ready as far as major league uh, – I think he can hit in the major leagues now. It's a matter of finding a spot for him. I think he's a corner. He's not. He's not a center fielder. Um, Austin Listy is one of my favorites. Austin, uh, you know, the first first at bat at spring training down here or pre-camp, that's what I call it. Larry Bow was throwing to him, and he yelled out to Ray Burris, uh, who's the rehab pitching coach. He said, "We've got Bagwell. We signed Bagwell." That's how Austin sets up in the box. Uh, terrific hands on the kid. Uh, pure hitter. I mean, Austin. Austin is a guy. I compare him uh, favorably to Steve Pierce from the Red Sox. Uh, I think Austin uh, is a guy that could uh, come out of spring training or shortly thereafter and be on the big club as a bench uh, bat off the bench. Um, don't discount Mickey Moniak. Mickey Mickey's uh, grown up into be a man. Uh, this year he's got broader shoulders, bigger body. Um, in times past, he looked like a kid among uh, among men, but not not no more. And uh, the couple of BPs I've seen down here, he's confident. Um, he's keeping his hands low, which which was to me 
uh, his issues in time past, he, he got a little bit high and, and with a hitch that uh, slowed him up. But uh, I look for Mickey to have a big year at Reading to start. Nice. Hey, Steve, I don't know uh, who's calling, but we have a caller on the line, and we'll see how this goes. It could go horribly wrong, but let's see who's calling Philly Press Box Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who is on with us? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, this is Lou calling from the other side of the turnpike. Okay. Namely, New, What's on your mind? New Jersey. Well, I was wondering about, you know, with uh, Bryce Harper, do you think he's going to uh, come to Philly, or is he going to go to San Francisco, or is there a possibility he might stay where he is with the Nationals. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of speculation over the last week and a half. Steve, Steve? what are your sources telling you? Well, I, I think it comes down to his choices at this point, from what I gather, are the Giants and the Phillies. And, and it, it not, you can't begrudge a person to, to, to work in a, an environment in an area where, where they want to. I think if he had his brothers and all things being equal, he'd stay out on the West Coast. Uh, but I don't think all things are equal. I think the Phillies are the ones that have the money to offer, and, and, and that's his decision, whether he wants to play in San Francisco and, and, uh, on the West Coast and train in Arizona where his family can come to watch spring training or come across uh, to the East Coast and, and sign with the Phillies. I, I think it's it's a decision that's coming in the short term. I don't think it's going to uh, drag out like a lot of folks think, but it boils down to that is, is you know, that, that's that's his parameters. Anything else tonight, Lou? I see. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing also a lot of trouble with uh, one of your boys, uh, Joel Embiid, how he was uh, criticizing the reps for a, for a call <laughs> last night, and he did what everybody else would do. He would drop an F-bomb, of course. Right. Yeah, probably not good for, for most of us, but. No. Twenty-five thousand. He can afford it, but yeah, you know, you can't be saying those things about the ref, that even much? if they deserve it. Twenty-five thousand. Drop in the bucket. I thought it was only about five thousand. Holy mackerel! Twenty-five. Wow. All right, Lou. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us a call. Sure. And if you can check out my show on Saturdays, uh, it's called the Enhanced Sports Show. We handle everything in the world of sports. Well, almost everything. Uh, the number to call is seven one two seven seven five. 7035, the pin number 619688, and the pound sign. You got it. Have a good night. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Lou. You got it. Hey, Steve, Steve, as a follow-up to that, do you see anything in the Manny Machado uh, situation? That kind of died off, had a lot of speed, and then it died off, and it's not come back. Yeah, I I think uh, Machado all along has wanted to be a Yankee, and and honestly, I think that he's just – He's been waiting to see to, for them to make an offer that he can accept and, and within the parameters of what the union might expect. And, and uh, you know, the, the market at the beginning, I think, was inflated as far as expectancies. Um, I, I follow a few of the reporters up in, up in New York, and uh, they don't see the Yankees coming to meet that offer. So I, I think the Phillies are still in on him, and it seems to, that his, his market is probably going to come down to San Diego, uh, the Phillies, and the White Sox. And I think San Diego, from what I gather, is making a strong push, but I don't think he wants to go out west. 
Steve, I want to get back to a couple of the prospects that you mentioned. If I'm not mistaken, Alec Bohm is the number one prospect now with Sanchez gone. He's a third baseman. Where is he going to play this year? You know, what uh, level? And you mentioned Hazley. He was tearing it up in Reading last year after being promoted from Clearwater. Where will Hazley be this year? Okay, uh, Alec, Alec's been, Alec, Alec was the first one in the camp this year. Uh, he was here the first week of January uh, working. Um, he, he's uh, probably slated for Clearwater, I would think, to start. Okay. Uh, pure hitter. This, this young man can hit. Uh, we'll see if he can stick at third base. They're working specifically on his footwork over there to try to speed him up and get that first step and toe. As far as Hazley, I could see him uh, starting at Lehigh. They, they might, they, you know, there's a glutton of uh, outfielders in, in, in the system. So depending on who gets pushed back from the, the big squad, he could start at Reading, but I, 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 I don't have no doubts he could handle Lehigh. Okay. Hey, on, on Baum, uh, Steve, um, you know, he's a college kid, so he's already 21 years old. Do you, how do you project a guy like that? You know, if he starts at Clearwater, which is basically a ball, he'd be 22, say he's 22. Um, do you, do you project him not getting a shot at the big leagues till he's 25? Or do you push a guy with his college experience up through as fast as you can? I think they'll push him. I, I think it's similar to what they do with Adam Hazley. You yep. know, Adam played uh, three levels last year. I, I, I could see Alec uh, uh, doing a half season at Clearwater and with, with some good results, uh, finishing up at Reading, and then being a guy that uh, could be invited to big league camp next year with, you know, Reading Lehigh future and then, you know who knows from there, but uh, it also depends if they if they go sign a third baseman that that might block him. You know, so um, I think he's on a fast track, though. I I don't think he's going to take the normal three 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 and a half years that that uh, prospects take to 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 move up the left. Steve, what the heck happened with pitcher Tom Eshelman last year? Paul Owens Award winner in 2017, then two and thirteen with an ERA around five and a half last year. What happened? confidence um it's tommy is a control pitcher and uh he he just lost a a bit of the confidence i think he was taken aback that um he didn't do as well in spring and and get a shot true shot at the big club and i think he just got off to a bad start and it sort of evolved on him and um this is a game that unless you take the hill or in the box and you think you're going to win the battle you won't win the battle and then i think tommy uh uh, had a bit of that last year. The stuff's still there. You know, he, he, he's got big league stuff. He, he's uh, he's not obviously a top of the rotation guy, but he can get people out, and I think he'll bounce back. Um, they they might have to move him to the bullpen because we just the depth is tremendous here, and there's just too many arms. But long long story short, he just he just lost the noggin and you know the the, the confidence to get people out. Hmm. Well, Steve, two two guys I wanted to ask you about, it, and Chet and I both talk about these two guys all the time, and uh, Dylan Cousins and Aaron Altair. Where do you, where do you see this working out? I mean, to me, Altair has been a huge disappointment. They keep giving him shots. He keeps not getting the job done. And Dylan Cousins, uh, it seems like he might – he's huge. Uh, seems like he might strike out a little bit too much in a league that now strikes out a lot. Yeah, Dylan slimmed down. He's he's lean and lean and mean down here. I teased him the other day. He he's he dropped some weight and he's still got 
the big arms, but uh, uh, he's really uh, got skinny and more, uh, so hopefully quicker. Uh, he's going to play some first base down here this spring to, to see the, if he can add some versatility. Uh, so I, he'll probably go – I mean, he's, he's obviously ticking it back to Lee. I don't, I don't know that he's going to have a shot at the big league squad, although he'll be in camp. Um, Aaron's hurt. Aaron's coming off of uh, a six week of inactivity. He's got a foot problem. They're going to take it slow with him down here. Uh, you know, he, he probably won't be in the initial games for the spring, but uh, they do believe he'll be ready for, for the opening of the season. Um, Aaron has all the ability in the world. It's, it's uh, just a matter of putting it together. And, and to, to me being more aggressive in the box, I think he got, he gets a bit too passive up there. Uh, as far as his approach and taking pitches, but uh, you know, but like you said, he, for, for, for the expectancies of what we saw, he, he's been a bit of a disappointment. But I still have faith. He's one of the kids I, I correspond and chat, chat with, so I'm pulling for him. Mm-hmm. I like Jorge Alfaro, especially his offensive potential. But I love the JT Real Muto deal. Uh, here's JT yesterday talking about how much he's looking forward to working with Aaron Nola, Nick Pavetta, and the Phil's other young starting pitchers. There's a lot of great arms on this team, a lot of young electric stuff, um, guys that are getting better, you know. Um, from top to bottom, this entire starting rotation, has, they all have quality plus stuff. I look forward to try to help mold them and help continue their improvement and get to work with them. So, Steve, we saw how good Aaron Nola could be last year. He got the new contract today. We hope Arietta has something left and that he's healthy, like you said you think he is. But you've watched the other guys the last few years. What can we expect from Pavetta, Velasquez, and Eflin this season? Um, I like Eflin a lot. Zach, Zach has a really good repertoire and mix of pitches. And, and when you watch him throw BP or bullpens, you, you see the movement on his pitches. I, I think that Zach could, could be – a, a big surprise. Uh, Nick Nick Pavetta's been down here working early. He he let it go the other day. He hadn't been he had been throwing about half three quarters, but uh, he let it fly the other day. And, and the, the fastball's there. It's just he, he's got a, a, a good slider and curve, but he's got to decide one or the other, in my opinion, as his predominant secondary stuff, second secondary pitch. But they both, to me, have real big upside as far as starters, and I, I wouldn't give up on them. Um, Vince just got here to a couple of days ago. He, he changed uniforms, numbers. He's now wearing number 21. Um, not that that uh, is going to help him along, but uh, again, has all the talent. I, I, I've not been uh, a proponent of him as a starter. I see him as a short spurt guy that could really come out of the bullpen like Archie Bradley uh, in, in Arizona does and uh, be, be more dominant. But uh, they, they they still for now are pushing him as a starter and see see where that goes. Uh, we'll see right. on that one. Yep. Hey Steve, I don't think I knew this previously, but you and I had the same favorite player as kids, a certain slugger who wore number fifteen. What was it about Dick Allen that made him your guy? I just liked the uh, well. I, I was amazed at how a guy could could uh, whip a forty four ounce bat with as much speed and drive the ball like that man did and. And just, uh, I, I just was enamored with that. It, it, it's a, you know, his, his approach and that buggy whip swing of his and the, the way the ball flew off the bat was just something that I had never seen before, uh, you know, uh, watching baseball or even experience in the box myself where as a pitcher trying to face somebody like that. 
and then I got to meet him, and he's a he's a genuine nice man, and, and he, he's not big for autographs, but I didn't want an autograph, and he shook my hand, and and he he held my hand for a long time. The man's got yeah. massive hands, and, yeah. and and he said we both get something out of this, is that by shaking our hands is, you know, it's we I meet you as a person, so. I, I was he's he's my he's my guy. I uh, just and just because of that approach and the ability. I mean, the Hall of Fame ability, no doubt. And and uh, yeah, it, it was it was just a pleasure to watch him play and watch him bat in particular. Yep, definitely one of my favorites. Must see TV when he was up to bat in the '60s and you know those old time days. Um, I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame, by the way, while he's still with us. There's a chance of that happening, I understand, in 2021, I guess. So we'll see what happens. My other question for you, Steve, do you really have five iPads? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> well, I, I, I have I – have, uh, I pay for all the feeds on MILB. So when, and when the – and Williamsport even has some games that are on the – on MILB and televised when they're uh, away and West, the West Virginia team televises. So I, I, I put each of the games that are are on the MILB, MILB network or I, I put the radio broadcast on, on one of the iPads, and then I put the Phillies on the big screen because I have MLB TV, and I watch them all. And, 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 and if you, I, you know, I know, Chet, you, you follow my website, it, it's, um, I, I do recaps. I, my, I think I have recaps out there of every game 10 minutes after the last pitch of the last game that night. Um, I, I just, I love baseball. And, and uh, when, Jim was, when Jim was doing the, uh, the, the book in the, in the uh, forward, he asked me, he said, how many games you watch a year? And I said, uh, you know, off the top of my head, it's probably about 400. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, then going over to the complex and watching GCL, and uh, Clearwater uh, at the Threshers when they're in town on top of that. So, yeah, I, I, I need to get a life, I guess, but Facebook <laughs> now is my life. Hey, so, you're enjoying yourself. Well, hey, Steve, on on the way out, uh, speaking of your website, can you let the listeners know about that and uh, and also about your book, What uh, where they can get a hold of that as well? Sure. Um, I, I, I do a daily – uh, page on Facebook. It's called Phillies of Fans View. There's a link to it called philliesbaseballfan.com that you, if you're not a Facebook user, you can still link to it and see the content. Uh, I post probably five to six articles a day myself, and then I do other links to to my my friends. I call them the real the real writers, uh, you know, the Jim Salisbury's, Salisbury's of the world. Um, and then the book itself is available on Amazon. It's also at Citizens Bank Park in the store there and each of the minor league stores, if you come to spring training, it's in the store here at spectrum field. It's called a fans view. It's the third annual, uh, Phillies minor league digest. Uh, we, we intend to do that every year. I have a lot of partners that help me with the input and photographers and we're, we're proud of our, of our work. All the proceeds, if you buy it, go to Phillies charities. I, I don't make any money on this. I do this for the, for the benefit of the kids that are in the system and their families to give them some, some exposure. And um, it's just, it's a labor of love for me. Awesome. Fantastic. One final question for you, Steve, on the way out. Is it true that you finished second in the uh, trying to buy Ryan Howard's house on Bel Air beach? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> yeah, if it was it was a far distant second, but yes, no. My wife was chiding me about that because the guy bought it. Apparently, bought it for his wife. <laughs> well, you, you, I know you wished your wife Barb a happy birthday, and I'm sure you're going to uh, take care of her on Valentine's Day. That might just have to do for now. I'm thinking. Yes, sir. To, to, from your lips to, to her, her ears and, and her heart. So that, there you go. All Thank right, you. Steve. Thanks for joining us. And, hey, I'm going to catch up with you over there at Clearwater. I'm going to be over there soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. I look forward, to, I look forward to that. All righty. I tell you every week there's a lot to love about the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne. It starts with the food and drink, of course, a terrific menu, plus lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, and always 24 beers on tap. Trivia every Wednesday evening, a DJ every Friday night, and live bands most Saturdays. This Saturday the 16th, it's the return of Big Whiskey. Speaking of music, the Irish Rover now has acoustic duos there Sunday afternoons. Shotline is there starting at 3 p.m. this Sunday. And as we announced last week, the Philly Press Box Radio Gang, Bill, Fred, and yours truly, will be there doing a live show on Sunday, March 3rd at 2 p.m. We hope you'll come out to say hello. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. And hey, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Hello, I love you, won't you tell me? Hey, Chad, as you mentioned uh, there with the Irish Rover Station House, we have any more details we could share with the listeners, times, how we're going to do this, what it's all about? Uh, you got anything more? Yeah, I mentioned in the piece right there, uh, we changed the time from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock because they were supposed to have an acoustic duo or something at 3 o'clock. Uh, that is not happening on March 3rd, so we moved ours uh, back an hour from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. So we will be there going live, probably on Facebook Live, at 2 p.m. on Sunday, March 3rd. And in addition to you and me and Fred Hugo, we're going to be joined by one of our favorite guests also. He's the head honcho at Bleeding Green Nation. First time meeting him for you, Bill. Brandon Lee Gowton will be there live joining us to talk Eagles and Sixers. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. And, uh, and also, just to let the listeners know, if you can come by the Irish Rover Station House, we like the interaction. We had great interaction uh, over at the Red Lantern and uh, – when we did that one, and we certainly uh, want to hear from the people and come on out and join us. And the Irish Rover is very easy to get to. It's right off of Route 1 in Langhorn. It's on Bellevue Avenue, right off of Business Route 1, so very easy to get to and real nice place, too. It's nice and roomy, uh, great wait staff there, and always beer specials. I think uh, Chris said they're going to have Bud Light specials that day for our fans, our listeners, so uh, come on out and join us. Say hello. That'd be fun. All right, Chad. Hey, it's Q2 time, and uh, I'm ready for you tonight. I don't know what you're going to ask me, but I am ready. Tell the listeners how this works. You got it, Bill. Week three of our third season of Random Q2. Again, Random Q2, a little 10-week series where over two minutes or so each week, I hit Bill with two questions. One is about a sports topic, something timely usually, while the second question will be one of ten random questions that have already been written down weeks ago about whatever Bill will pick a number from 1 to 10 each week for that one. A mere two minutes of fun or agony each week. That being said, here we go. Bill, number one, the Cleveland Browns made some big news on Monday, signing former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt, even though he will almost certainly be facing a multi-game suspension, six games or more, for assaulting a woman last November. Are you okay with what the Browns did here, yes or no, and why? Well, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it after he does his penalty and does his time. Uh, I, I'm not for banning him for life, um, but he certainly needs to serve his penalty. Uh, but what I will say, Jet, is this proves something to you as far as the, the NFL. If you're Ray Rice and you're 28 years old and you're a bit on the downslide, you're not getting a job. If you're Colin Kaepernick, it doesn't matter what you stand for. If you can't play, you can't play. If you're Tim Tebow, it doesn't matter how good of a guy you are. If you can't play, you can't play. And in this case, this kid can play. He's still young, and he's going to get a job. You are correct, Bill. All right, for your second question, you know the drill. You pick a number between 1 and 10, except you can't pick 5 or 10 because those were taken already. So any number between 1 and 10 except 5 and 10. Oh, let's go with 1 tonight. Number 1. Well, you got the, the end one, you got the middle one, you got the first one now. All right, number 1. Yep. You mentioned on Facebook recently, Bill, that the first concert you saw was Cat Stevens. I think that was actually a question on here last year. Uh, what do you remember about that Cat Stevens concert? Give me the particulars. Uh, it was um, it was really good in that uh, I had never been to a live show like that. We had pretty good seats, but you know the one thing I remember, Chet, because okay. it was the first time I ever had exposure to this. I was sitting in an arena, and everybody in the place was smoking pot. <laughs> and yeah, I, I remember those not, days in the seventies. Well, I was not familiar with that, and. Yeah. Uh, and it was like everybody was, you know, just smoking cigarettes or whatever, and they, it it blew me away, on, honest, honestly. <laughs> Where was this, by the way? What venue? The Spectrum. Oh, it was the Spectrum. Okay. Yeah, Early 70s. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, my first concert was Kiss in 1976, and my sister dropped my buddy PJ and me off for the concert in Harrisburg, and there were about two dozen people protesting that Kiss was playing there because they thought they were the devil's music. <laughs> and they're still here. <laughs> yeah, I kid you not. Yep. All right. Let's nope. move on. How'd we do? Uh, very well. You did very well. I liked your answer about uh, Kareem Hunt. You Well thought out. And, yeah, I agree. The guy can still play. So, of course, he's going to get a second chance. But he does have to serve his time. That's right. All right. Hey, let's talk Sixers. Uh, we had Mark Zoom off last week. You had a chance to visit with D-Line on this afternoon, as we said. And I am really interested to see what she's got to say. As we mentioned, Brett Brown's taking some heat, as is Joel Embiid. We know that she is not unhappy that Markel Fultz is gone. So I'm kind of curious to how this conversation went. Yeah, well, uh, she's got a lot happening in her life, which we do address in our talk. She's busy tonight, in fact, doing commentary on a Delaware Bluecoats game. But it is always great to talk to her about all things Sixers and more. So let's get right to it. Here is our chat from just a few hours ago today. Always great to have this guest here on Philly Press Box Radio. You know her from her many years covering the 76ers. You can catch her on TV doing color commentary for Delaware Bluecoats games. And you can hear her talking sports weekends on 97.5 The Fanatic. D-Line, and welcome back. Thanks, Chet. I always appreciate it. First off, D, I know it's essentially a new Sixers team, as Brett Brown pointed out, but we're coming off another disappointing loss to the rival Celtics. Even with the roster changes, it seems Boston still has the Sixers number. Uh, I would totally agree with that. They have won now three this year, so they'll take this season series no matter what happens in the final meeting, which will be at the Wells Fargo Center. But I think defensively, they definitely play the Sixers well, 
And what they do offensively is they just are happy to look and find the mismatch. And there's always at least one. Yeah, I agree. And Brett's got to figure that out. Anyway, we are 57 games in, and it's been a fun Sixers season, and it got a whole lot more interesting last week. The team said goodbye to a few players while bringing in five new faces, most notably Tobias Harris. What does the addition of Harris specifically mean for the Sixers going forward? Well, uh, unfortunately, we're coming off, you know, last night's game was not his best by any stretch. But what I do think he is, one, that the Sixers realized and part of it probably came from last summer, Chip, when a lot of teams create cap space, and they are all vying for the same upper echelon talent. The Sixers totally missed out. They didn't get anybody last year. LeBron Mm -hmm. didn't even really entertain them. Paul George decided to just go back to OKC. Kawhi, they couldn't get in a trade. So I think what they learned was put people on your board that are acquisitions that you think are going to be, quote, their star hunting that possibly you could trade for. And I can tell you that Elton said both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris were on a list of, he only had eight guys on his list, so that he ended up getting two of his top eight guys via trades because he believes that having that extra year to be able to pay these guys in max contracts will give him an edge to keep them and showing them the culture. He basically believes that what Paul George did in OKC can happen for both Butler and Tobias here. Yeah, Elton Brand is having a good year for sure. The starting five is probably the best in the Eastern Conference now. Are you happy with Brett Brown's rotation three games into this new era for the Sixers, and are you okay with the bench guys, the depth? Uh, I think their bench is different now. I like that they have more grit to them. That's the word I can say because I don't want to say they are – all better defensively because that would be inaccurate. But there's a there's a grit to the personalities of what is coming off that bench. And last night you saw Jonathan Simmons for the first time. I think I liked him, but I'm going back in the summer league a couple of years ago when he was still with San Antonio. He had an unbelievable summer league. So I'm a little biased in having seen that. I know he hasn't shown that in the time that's passed at the NBA level, but their bench is deeper and you don't have to play as many minutes from your bench given what you now have as a starting five because you can generally have two of those guys always on the floor and mix in whatever you want that bench rotation to be. And when you're asking, am I okay with how Brett has done the rotations, I think it is still a work in progress, and I understand that. I think part of when you get five new bodies, you, you are trying to figure it out. And three games, to me, is not enough to figure it out. And I think you can tell that just because it's been different combinations that he's still trying to figure it out. And they have had no practice time. That's just part of what happens when you make midseason trades. Absolutely. All right, he took one at the end of a quarter last Friday, and then we saw Ben Simmons take a rare, legitimate three-point attempt in the Sunday win over the Lakers. It's always a big discussion topic, D, so I ask you, will we see more of that from Ben, and how important is it that he takes more outside shots? Well, he definitely needs to take more outside shots. Uh, I saw a play last night in the game where he got called for an offensive foul because he gets the ball and he, you know, I have no problem trying to back a guy down, but his options are only to back the guy down because he does not want to take a 12-footer. He doesn't want to, like, create separation and do a step back, you know, a little bit of a fadeaway jumper. He doesn't want to do it. So what happens? A guy's just going to play him straight up 
And, you know, he only has one option. And when you only have one option, sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. So uh, it is very frustrating for me. But the worst is two of seven at the foul line in a critical game. If Boston had wanted to last night and needed to, they would have fouled him because he does have the ball in his hands. So it's not even hack a Ben. It's hack a Ben because he has the ball in his hands. So it's not even a penalty for that matter. And I, they're going to make him earn it at the stripe. And he's just not a good enough shooter. To me, he's digressed. Hmm. Something to keep an eye on there for sure. Um, did the Sixers do the right thing, Dean, moving on from Markel Fultz? For me, I actually had an opportunity to talk to Elton. And I asked him if because he was able to do the deal for Tobias, was it easier, not that anything being a GM is easy, but I had to use some adjective, uh, was it easier to make the deal for Markel? And because it's not his move per se that brought Markel here, but it is, you know, it's this big thing against the franchise. So in the here and now, Markel could not help them. And he is living in the here and now because he believes they have a chance to come out of the East. So no distractions were allowed. And unfortunately, even sitting on the bench, he still was a distraction. And if your bench isn't deep enough, that's still a distraction because he could make your bench better. So the whole thing, I, I'm glad. And the fact that he was able to get a first-round pick in that deal, certainly it's not going to be a number one overall. I get right. that. But the fact that you could get a pick and then the second rounder and a body that you might like, you know, you can't look at it as is that equal value. You don't even know what the value of Markel is at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't value him as the number one overall pick. He's not that. I mean, he has that on his resume, but he has not performed as anything that equals that. Mm -hmm. Hey, we've talked about Toby. I want to ask you about Bobby. I'm guessing you've interacted with Boban Maranovic. He seems like a fun guy to be around, doesn't he? He's really a nice man. Yes. And he, you know what? He can help them. Now, obviously, if you go small you, or the opposition goes small, you've got to get him out of there. That happened a little too late on one possession last night. But, no, he's skilled, fan favorite. He can help you. Mm -hmm. He can definitely, any time he grabs a rebound, nobody can get it from him because not enough people do this, but he keeps the ball. He keeps it up. He never brings the ball down. So uh, I like it because a lot of people thought they needed backup center for Joel, and I was okay. I think you know that Amir is never going to hurt you. No, he's completely not in the rotation. I think that was on purpose. I think they were trying to figure out what they had in Jonah Bolden. And obviously, Elton decided, I, I need some backup minutes at center position. So I think he will get those 10 to 14, depending on the matchup. Last night, I actually thought late in the game, Embiid looked gassed. Yeah. And I might have gone to a Bolden in that situation to go smaller. I don't like that they have completely taken Jonah out of the rotation. I think he was showing you that he can help you. And I think people will throw small ball at them. And I think he's your guy when they do that. Very good point. All right, D, the Sixers are much improved, theoretically. The Celtics clearly aren't going away. The Bucks, Raptors, and Pacers are all very much in the mix. So give me the order. One, two, three. Which teams are most likely to represent the East in the NBA Finals? Uh, I mean, there's still 25 games, I think, to play. Yeah. I don't think Milwaukee, I think we have to accept, is for real. They've been for real from the beginning. And I don't get to see them play enough, quite frankly. So I would say they are one. I would put the Raptors two. 
I'm seeding for playoffs. This is what I'm doing. Okay. Milwaukee, Toronto, I believe Boston, and then the Sixers. I think the mm. Sixers will be the fourth seed. I think Indiana will drop to five. Okay. Hey, do you know center Justin Patton acquired in the Butler deal, made his debut with the G League Delaware Bluecoats last week. How's he coming along, and what's the status of the injured first-rounder, Zaire Smith? I love Justin. I think he's – I say he's got a chance. Now, let me just say – I get excited about some of the ones that look like they have a chance, but you do realize that it's such a fine line for what you are able to do in the G League, and then can you translate that to an NBA position? So I would say physically he would have to be a little stronger to be able to do what I see him do in the G League in the NBA level. But he is a rim protector. He had four blocks the other night. He can make an outside shot. He can shoot a three, and it's smooth he runs the floor great so i say i don't know if they knew what they were getting in him because he's been injured so much that he might have been a throw-in and i think the the fact that he even has a possibility of being a guy that you would want because he's really he's long and he he's really agile if he could put a, a little weight on i would say he would just have to be a little stronger But he's a young kid. I encourage people, if you like basketball, he's fun to watch. And then Zaire, I would say after the All-Star break, so the 20th they have a game and the 22nd. I'm going to put my money on that one of those two games will be his G League debut. Uh, He's definitely practicing with them. He looks like he's fine, meaning physically fine now. I think he's been away from basketball for so long that they are being a little cautious. And I think from that point, either the 20th or the 22nd, he will play the remainder of the G League schedule, which ends about that will be a month of participation. I don't think you're going to see him on the NBA court unless he does something so outstanding and they think their bench you know, needs more than what it has. They can do that because he is a body, but I think it will be very telling from – for that one month in the G League of what you have. Mm-hmm. And you'll be watching them up close with the Blue Coats. We also hear you yeah. weekends on 97.5 The Fanatic, which is great. You do a terrific job on there. And by the way, Dee, this was a special visit to Philly Press Box Radio for you because it was your 10th visit to our show, putting you in the company of guys like Ray Dinger, Tom Moore, Kevin Riley. But you're the first female member of that select group. Wow, nice. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, Dee. Always great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the increasingly fun Sixers season, and hopefully I'll see you sometime this spring or summer. Absolutely, Chad. Have a great one. Good stuff, Chad. Uh, I, I have one quick question for you as a follow-up, and we need to move on. Um, yep. Joel Embiid last night, do you think that uh, the game got away from him a little bit with the, the officiating? you think he got off uh, off focus and it, and it hurt him? Yeah, I do. Uh, he was definitely not on his game, and then he was playing with five fouls down the stretch, which caused him to back off against the guy driving for a hoop that Sixers really needed to stop. He was definitely off his game a bit. Ben Simmons was off his game. The Celtics always seem to do that with him, so I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Celtics, but the Sixers have to learn to play them much better, or uh, if they play them the postseason, it's going to end the way it did last year. I'm with you. All right. Hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, sir, Bill. It's true. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. 
Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or call Dave directly. It's 610-430-0700. Again, Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. And hang on, Bill. It is Valentine's Day Eve, so we need to add a little love to the show. In fact, we need a whole lot of it. I just had to hear that. Well, the good news is that we didn't sing, or you didn't sing, for the listeners. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll be happy with what we have there. Yeah, I spared them. <laughs> hey, Chad, the Flyers coming off gaining 19 out of 20 points over 10 games. Uh, they threw everything they could at the Penguins. They couldn't figure out Matt Murray. They got knocked off uh, pretty easily, actually, by the Penguins. Uh, they had a nice bounce-back game against a good Minnesota team. February 25th, the trade deadline. How do you see this playing out? Is Wayne Simmons on the top of that list? I, I guess that's my first question. i got an equally good follow-up for you. Yeah, well, first of all, the loss to the Penguins hurt, but a nice win over the Wild coming back from a two-goal deficit to get a much-needed win. As well as they've played lately, they're still six points out of that second wild-card spot, so it's still a long shot they'll get to the postseason, but there is hope. Uh, that being the case, rather than losing a guy like Simmons in the offseason and getting nothing back, he's in the final year of his contract, I do think he will get traded in the week ahead, which is kind of sad because he's been there a long time, I think eight years, and he's well-liked by everybody. I've seen possible destinations, including Nashville, Colorado, and Edmonton. Keep in mind, he's got a limited no-trade clause and can give Flyers management a list of 12 teams he wouldn't go to, so they have to take that into consideration. So we will see what happens, but again, I do think he will be traded. Mm, I hope you're wrong. The other question I have for you, we have this guy named Carter Hart, and we have this guy named Anthony Stolarz, and they're both playing pretty darn good hockey. And all of a sudden, there's this guy named Brian Elliott coming back into the mix somewhere. Do you bring Brian Elliott up to the big to the big team, or do you just let him go away? You know what? I would let him go away or maybe try to trade him for something ahead of the trade deadline. I'd go with the young guys. I mean, Stolar shows he can play at this level now. Carter Hart's definitely not going anywhere. He's not going back to the minors. So I would go with the younger guys and take my chances. And if I can get, you know, a used bag of hockey sticks for Brian Elliott, I would do it. Absolutely. Um, I'm with you. I'm glad that's where you went because me and you would have might have had to argue about that. They, they, <laughs> These two kids have this team playing pretty good hockey, and uh, there's no reason to, to break this up. Even if they don't make the playoffs, get the two kids the experience and play this thing out, and uh, it's time to move on from – Michael Neuverth and Brian Elliott, they got to go. And like the Sixers, they have 25 games left, so uh, we'll see what happens. That's right. Hey, Chad, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly sports teams and more. There are over only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. And, Chad, if you happen to notice, they have a, a posting up there right now with a Vince Papali, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham jerseys all up there for the taking. 
Oh, I did not see that, but uh, I'll check that out. And how about Vince Papali having a birthday last week? Happy birth- birthday to Vince. And Bill Berge as well. Same day. Ah, yeah. Your favorite. Yep. All right. Yep. Okay, Chad, hey, tell us who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable next week. Boy, we have been getting some great guests. I mean, Steve Potter was terrific tonight. What a, what a good guy and uh, certainly knows his stuff. And uh, D is always terrific. You're going to love what we have for you next week, Bill. We are going to talk Sixers with uh, our Inquirer Sixers beat writer. Keith Pompey will be making a return visit. He'll be live with us, also live on the show. You're going to love this one, I'm telling you. We will talk some Phillies baseball with a guest that I am pretty excited about, and I know you'll be, you will be as well. He's making his first visit to Philly Press Box Radio, and he will be on with us live. The longtime radio voice of the Phillies, Scott Fransky. How about that? Oh, nice, nice. Good deal. Looking Scott forward Fransky to both of them. Pumping. That's going to be good. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Good deal. Hey, Chet, the Super Bowl just ended. The mock drafts have begun. I found it interesting that a poll of nearly a dozen supposed-to-be experts all have the Eagles going defensive line first, and Dexter Lawrence from Clemson is the favorite. Does D.O. in the first round surprise you? It does not surprise me at all, Bill. Uh, it's widely expected that Brandon Graham won't be back. We still don't know about Chris Long. Is he going to retire or not? We don't know how much Tim Jernigan has left in the tank or even if they're going to try to retain him. It's widely assumed Haladi not gotta uh, how you say his name whatever you know the guy who didn't do nada much this what year, they got won't. out of him nada not much yeah <laughs> exactly nada that's it uh, so uh, they could definitely target a D lineman or two both in the draft and in free agency I would not be at all surprised if they went D line what's the story with Michael Bennett too is he coming back I assume they're going to bring him back we'll see I this believe they're going to. Uh, yeah. I believe they're going to bring him back, and I think they're going to have to kind of bring him back because of all the other things you just yeah. said. And he played uh, well. You know, he, he's 33 years old, and uh, but he had nine sacks, and uh, he was he was their best guy. And of course, they should have Derek Barnett back next year, yeah. uh, coming off of his injury, which would certainly help. But you know, they're going to they're probably going to have to bite the bullet on Bennett and pay pay him probably a little more than they should, but. I think he's their guy because you're not going to give a long-term contract, I don't think, to a Brandon Graham at this point. Yeah, and Bennett actually got better as the season went on, so I do hope they bring him back. The team actually has a lot of needs. They will still need to address the O-line, too. Another running back, certainly. Maybe another D-back. It's going to be an interesting next couple of months. Yeah, well, you know, you're not going to use a offensive line or pick an offensive line guy probably on the very first round unless he's really somebody crazy good. But they've got needs. They had needs before Jason Peters, and they had needs before uh, Brooks went down. Uh, they they got some problems there. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see what they do with Jason Peters. I mean, when he's healthy and can play, he's still very good. But, I mean, he had a tough time again this past year making it through a lot of games. He had to go out and you know take plays off. So, I don't know, maybe it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it probably is, and probably the same could be said for Darren Sproles. Uh, yeah. You know, on the offensive side, there's going to be there's going to be changes. They've got wide receiver decisions to make with Golden Tate. Uh, also, I mean, they're they're this isn't the team that won the Super Bowl just uh, two years or well, one year ago. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, hey Chet. Uh, well, let's let our listeners know and remind our loyal listeners to visit our website, phillypressboxradio.com. We cover all the big stories on the Philly sports teams. Also, write a few articles ourselves and can listen to our last two podcasts, 
and our latest Vimeo as well. We still have our sponsor banners going across the top. Click on the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. All state insurance banners also go across the top to visit their websites. Remember, it's phillypressboxradio.com. Mr. Chesco, we have about 30 seconds before your parting shot. Do you want to just get right to the parting shot? Um, let's see. Yeah, let's just do that because my parting shot is actually the same, your, same kind of parting shot that you have. It's stuff that we didn't get to tonight because it was such a busy show. We still haven't gotten around, Bill, to talking about possible MLB rules changes. Maybe we'll do that next week, maybe not, because we, we do have to address that. Uh, skier Lindsey Vaughn is calling it a career. Good for her. Those players-only broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> I love Lindsey. Those players-only broadcasts on TNT's basketball coverage Tuesday nights are tough to listen to. Kevin McHale, Greg Anthony, and whoever else, Isaiah Thomas in the later game last night, ugh, awful, please stop. <laughs> and, uh, Bill, we lost the great Frank Robinson last week. I, I have a hunch you would have mentioned this. Triple crown winner, MVP in both leagues, Hall of Famer, first African-American manager. I know he was one of your favorites. Rest in peace, Frank. And, by the way, what the heck were the Reds thinking after the 65 season when they traded him to the Orioles for mediocre pitcher Milt Pappas and two bums? Yikes. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, and I was going to mention Frank Robinson because uh, it just so happened, you know, when we go to the, the memorabilia shows that we do all the time, or once a year anyway, out in Chicago, uh, one of our favorite restaurants that's right close to the venue also happened to be one of Frank Robinson's favorite restaurants. So every time we would go there, there was Frank, and got to have a lot of little, just little chats with him along the way, and uh a super, super nice guy, and, uh, boy, he could play. And many many of, uh, you know, we always have these little debates on the Facebook and all that about your all-time outfield, and Frank Robinson's mm-hmm. name doesn't get mentioned near enough because uh, he certainly was one of the all-time greats. Yeah, look at his numbers. Great numbers, great batting average, 586 home runs. Uh, great player, and like you said, uh, apparently a great guy as well. Yep. Hey, Chet, some other crap we missed. How about your boy, Nick Stoskis? Remember Nick? I do. Sauce. Okay. Did you realize that last week Nick was traded three times and cut? <laughs> I did not know that. I missed that. Yeah. Stuff we missed. That's why, that's why I got crap we missed. He was briefly with the Cavs, who acquired him from Portland for Rodney Hood. He never appeared in the game for, before Cleveland sent him two days later to the Houston Rockets who promptly traded him at the deadline to Indiana. The Pacers then waived him, allowing him the rebounding or allowing him to go back to the Cavs. <laughs> and the Cavs scooped him up. How about that? Sorry I missed that news. And on top of that, they signed him for a contract for the rest of the season. So he got he got traded three times, cut and signed for the rest of the season, all in a week. And he's probably averaging about two points a game. Well, probably. Hey, did you know, Chet? We didn't mention this, but it appears that Joe Flacco is a Denver Bronco, or going to be because they finalized that. That's interesting. And here's one you probably didn't know, Chet. Don't look now, but the Villanova Wildcats—they're back in the hunt after a slow start. Tonight they'll be getting win number twenty at Providence with just five losses. Twenty and five. Jay Wright's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, tough loss. I guess it was last Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was. But uh, yeah, they're 
much better than I expected them to be this season with all the players that they lost. Yeah, they're uh, they're back up to 13th ranked, so uh, they might make some noise come March. And uh, Jay certainly has done it again. He's he's pretty darn good. He is. Wrap it up, Bill. All right. With that, we've reached the top of the hour. Let's thank our special guest, Steve Potter. D-Line them. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance of Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 20th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcasts on iTunes and TuneIn. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.